ओम नमो भगवते The Appearance of Demon Vitra Sura, text number 42. So, this, uh, this series of uh, verses is in prose format, and therefore, we do not have to repeat. Okay? I read once and then we will continue with the word to word translation. It's quite difficult to. Atta Bhagavan's. Bhagavan Stavas, Nitabi, Akhila, Jagat, Putpati, Shrikilaya, Nimitaya, Mana, Divya, Maya, Vinodasya, Sakala, Jeeva, Nikayana, Antha, Ridayesu, Bhagi, Aficha, Brahma, Pratya, Akhya, Swarupena, Pradana, Rupena, Cha, Yatadesa, Kala, Deva Vams Vastana Vishesham Tat Upadana Alam Alam Bhaktaya Anubhavataha Sarva Pratyaya Shakshina Akshaya Shari Rashya Shakta Parabrahmana Paramatmana Kiyam Kiha Vratta Vishesha Vigna Kani Paniya, yes, Vishpulinga Viva Niranya Vitashaha. Okay, we'll see the word to word. Atta, therefore, Bhagavan, Kola, Tava, of you, Asmadi, Bias, Akila, or Jagat of the material world, Purpati of the creation, Stiti, maintenance, Laya, and inhalation, Nimitaya Mana, being the cause, Divya Maya, with the spiritual energy, Vinodasya, of you who amaze yourself. Sakala, all, Jiva, Nikayana, of the hordes of living, of the living entities, Antakadesu, in the course of the heart, Bhagavati, externally also, Chakti, and Brahma, or impersonal Brahma, or the absolute truth. Pratyakatma of the super soul, Swarupena by your form, Sadhana Rupena by your form as an external ingredient, Cha also, Yata according to Desa Kala Deta Avastana of country, time, body, and 
initiation. The practical verse. By being the exhibitor, Anu Bhavata, witnessing Sarva Pratyaya Shakshi, the witness of all different activities. <coughs> Akasha Sari Shari Rasya, the super soul of the whole universe, Shaksha, directly, Parabrahma, Supreme Absolute Truth, Paramatma, the super soul, Kiyan, of what extent, Kiyan, hearing, walk, walk, Atta Vishesha, special necessity. Vigna Paniyaha To be informed Maybe Vishkulinga Adivida By the sparks of the fire Like light Hiranya Reshata To the virgin fire Such a big word Such a big word very difficult to pronounce either. Okay. Translation purport by Srila Prabhupada. <coughs> o Lord, as a smart as the small sparks of the fire cannot possibly perform the actions of the whole fire. We, sparks of your lordship, cannot inform you of the necessities of our life. You are the complete whole. Therefore, of what do we need to inform you? You know everything because you are the original cause of the cosmic manifestation, the maintainer and the annihilator of the entire universal creation. You always engage in your pastimes with your spiritual and material energies, for you are the controller of all these varied energies. You exist within all living entities, within the cosmic manifestation and also beyond them. You exist internally as Parabrahman and externally as the ingredient of the material creation. Therefore, although manifested in various stages and difficult times and places and in various bodies, you, the personality of Godhead, are the original cause of all causes. Indeed, you are the original element. You are the witness of all activities. But because you are as great as the sky, you are never touched by any of them. You are the witness of everything as Parabrahma and Paramatma. Oh, Supreme Personality of Godhead, nothing is unknown to you. Purple. The Absolute Truth exists in three phases of spiritual understanding Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Satya. Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is the cause of Brahman and Paramatma. Brahman, the impersonal Absolute Truth, is all-pervading and Paramatma is locally situated in 
everyone's heart. But Bhagavan, who is worshipped by the devotees, is the original cause of all causes. A pure devotee is aware that since nothing is unknown to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he need not be informed of a devotee's conveniences and inconveniences. A pure devotee knows that there is no need to ask the absolute truth for any material necessities. Therefore, while informing the Supreme Lord about their distress is being attacked by Vitrasura, the demigods apologize for offering play, uh, prayers for the safety. A neophyte devotee, of course, approaches the Supreme Lord for relief from distress or poverty or for the speculative knowledge of the Lord. Bhagavad Gita 7.16 mentions four kinds of pious men who begin devotional service to the Lord. One who is in distress, Artha. One in need of money, Artarti. One who is inquisitive, Jignasu. And one is searching for the absolute truth, Jnana. A pure devotee, however, knows that since the Lord is omnipresent and omniscient, there is no need to offer prayers or worship Him for one's personal benefit. A pure devotee always engages in the service of the Lord without demanding anything. The Lord is present everywhere and knows the necessities of His devotees. Consequently, there is no need to disturb Him by asking Him for material benefits. Now, today what we do is, we read verse 42 and 43 in conjunction. Then we can explain further. So I'll read the translation directly. Dear Lord, this is for verse 43. Dear Lord, you are the omniscient and therefore you know everywhere, you know very well why we have taken shelter at your lotus feet, which provides shade that gives relief from all material disturbances. Since you are the supreme spiritual master and you know everything, we have sought shelter of your lotus feet for instruction. Please give us relief by contracting our present mistress. Your lotus feet are the only shelter for the fully surrendered devotee and are the only means for subduing all the turbulations of this material world. Purport, the short one by Srila Prabhupada. One need only seek shelter of the shade of the Lord's lotus feet. Then all the material turbulences that disturb him will be subdued. Just as when one comes under the shade of a big tree, the disturbances caused by the heat of the scorching sun are immediately mitigated without one asking for relief. Therefore, the whole concern of the conditioned soul should be the lotus feet of the Lord. The conditioned soul suffering from various turbulations because of existing the material world can be relieved one day when he seeks shelter at the Lord's lotus feet. Om Ajnana Timurandrasya Jnanandana Shalapriya Chakshu Udmigatam Dena Tasmashri Sri Chaitanya Manovistam Stantam Dena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Tadamam Tadamisma Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Sri Advaita Gadada
हरे कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे हरे राम हरे कृष्ण So here, the demigods headed by Indra, they are going through suffering, tribulations in life. Do all of us have tribulations and suffering in our life? Yes? Anyone says no? <coughs> we all have to go through the tribulations, sufferings in the material world. That is why it's created for. In short, here we see Indra, the king of heavens, is going through the problem. Terrible distress for him. Let us see what kind of problem and why he is suffering. What is the reason for it? Indra the king of heavens, very, very powerful personality. Yeah? Indra, please remember or please take note that Indra is not stupid. Indra is not a clown. He is the king of the demigods. Yes, he is a student of the disciple of Brahaspati, the guru of the demigods. You know how powerful he is? He knows all the Vedas better than any one of us in this room. Very powerful. And his lifespan is also very huge compared to us. Yeah? Very powerful personality. But that personality is suffering today according to the Bhagavatam verse today. I mean now you can say. What is the reason? Going backwards, chapter 7, he did a small offense, relatively a small offense. In chapter 9, he did a serious offense. Okay, let us see what he did. Indra, once upon a time, when Indra with his wife was sitting on the throne, because he's a demigod, he's a king. What do you expect from a king? You don't expect a king to sit in the corner of the room. So he was sitting on his throne with his wife and he was receiving all the offerings, glorification <coughs> by his assistant, demigods, various demigods. As he was engrossed, see sometimes we also do that. And others thought, oh, Today your class was wonderful. Your cooking was very good. You did wonderful. Then you know, and some maybe a Guru Maharaj may be passing by. <laughs> they will not know. It's a similar situation. So he was. Everyone was glorifying Indra. His wife. He was saying, "Yes, I did that. I did that." And then, incidentally, his Guru Maharaj was also coming. Brakaspati. But. Indra, just a moment of neglect you can call. 
or being disrespectful for a, for a moment, just for a second, or you can call it as an offense or a minor mistake, whatever you want to call it. It is a minor category, okay? Just unnoticed. But because he was receiving out of pride, you can say, he was receiving, and then probably his Guru Maharaj was going a little bit unnoticed, and he was going, and by the time he realized that the Guru Maharaj has gone, he has not properly received him. What was the reaction? His Brahaspati knew, hmm, Indra has not treated me well. Therefore, I have to teach him a lesson. So what did he do? His Guru disappeared. And he could not be seen. Immediately, Brahma realized, I've done a mistake. He realized his mistake. And he was looking for his Guru Maharaj. But what happened? He could not locate him. Indra knew, yes, there is something for me, for sure. I'm going to get something. He knew. Okay. Then, what did he do next? He took all his demigods, and obviously, whenever Indra is in problem, he will go to his immediate boss. He will not go directly to the temple president. When there is a problem, you have to go and approach. These are all the lessons we are learning from Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay? Srimad Bhagavatam is an instructive subject teaching us what we should do, how we should do, in what situation, how we have to act. Yeah? That is why we are studying Srimad Bhagavatam, isn't it? It's an instructive lesson for all of us. So, Indra, with all his assistant subordinates, went and approached Lord Brahma. Please, I have done a mistake. Brahmaji, please help me. What should I do? Then Brahma is all-knowing, very powerful personality, the secondary creator of this world. So, what he did, he said, Okay, Indra, you have done an offense, and you are repenting for it. And therefore, I suggest you, you go and approach Vishwarupa, who is the son of Vesta, very advanced devotee, and Vishwarupa is advanced Brahman, who knows all the Vedic scripture, not like us, learning bits and pieces for the classes. It's not like us, very advanced Brahman. So, he approached Vishwarupa. Although Vishwarupa was junior to them, he accepted fine. Lord Brahma has requested, I'll accept the position. And Vishwarupa accepted to become the priest of the of the West. All of this is very good. Yes? Then what happened in the meantime? In the demons, they worshipped the Guru Maharaj. Who is the demons Guru Maharaj? Shukrajaya. Shukrajaya. They worship and they become very powerful. 
one who worships the Guru will be very powerful. And so, what they did, they became powerful, they conquered the demigods, and Indra lost everything, including his throne. Now he's no longer a king. He lost all his opulences. Just being little bit disrespectful or you can say in one sense neglectful of his guru which is a minor offense. I put it in minor because the one who is going to do is a serious offense. So therefore this comes under a little bit minor category. And therefore he has lost his wealth. Look at this. An offense committed to a devotee he has lost his wealth. Then Visharupa, being the priest of demigods, is a nice Brahmana. So he did a yajna, and then through the yajna, he gave a what did he give? A shield. What is the shield known as? Narayana Kavita. He gave it to the demigods, and through that powerful shield, they conquered back the demigods. Okay. The demons, my apologies. Demons. They conquered the demons. Now I'm testing whether you're listening. <laughs> yes? So they conquered the demons and it was alright. So Indra knew, fine. I did a small offense, I got a reaction. But did he learn? Did he learn, Indra? Probably not. He's going to check. Then, in this chapter 9, what happened? Because Vishwarupa was Indra's priest, okay, he has to do yajna from time to time. Once, when Vishwarupa was performing yajna, what did he do? He secretly offered oblations or remnants of the yajna to the to the demons because he was bodily related to them. Indra came to know about this. And what did he do? The last time, it was subtle. Because, can someone offer Anudra Prabhu a Vyasana, please, for him to sit? Last time, when the offense was minor, due to neglect or disrespectful of the Guru, his whole opponent was ruined and Indra did not learn. So this time he has got one level more. That was a subtle level. Now this is a gross level. What did he do? Incidentally, Vishwarupa has got three heads. What did he do? He cut all the three heads of Vishwarupa, which is a very serious offense. And what happened? What happened next? Indra regretted again. Oh, I have killed a Brahmana. Then I am going to suffer. The reactions are going to come. The material world. Every action. Newton's third law is also correct. See? To every action, there is opposite and equal reaction. See? That is reaction going to come. So, He again repented. He did nice chanting. Hare Krishna Mantra. He did. But still, there were a lot of uh, 
sufferings from it. Then what he did, he distributed his sufferings for the four categories, four categories, different categories. To who all did he distribute the offenses to? One to the land, and then to the trees, and then to the ladies, and then to the water. So he distributed. Yet, there were some remnants of suffering for him. So what is that? That is what we are going to see in chapter 9. Consequently, the father of uh, Vishwarupa, he was not keeping quiet. He knew how there is Indra to kill my son. And therefore, he did a idea to get the personality to kill Indra. Okay? Now, what happened in the Yajna? Twasta is supposed to chant a mantra correctly, and the mantra means when you chant this mantra properly, he wanted to increase the enemies of Indra. But what did he do? He chanted some mantra incorrectly, like how I did now. But because the Lord is kind, he will forgive us. So what happened? Because he chanted this mantra incorrectly, what happened? Rather than increasing the enemies of Indra, the Yajna produced a demon and Indra became his enemy. You see? Therefore, dear devotees, all of you, please read the Maha Mantra. It is not Ramo. It is Rama. Correct? Does it say A or a O? I see many times, please take it in a nice manner. This is not trying to criticize you. Yeah? How to find your fault. Take it in the right way. We don't know. There may be a demon like Ramo who will attack you. <laughs> so therefore we want the Supreme Lord Rama. Okay? Please be conscious when you chant. Rama, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 But all of you are chanting nicely, but when they sing, no, Ramo is coming. Especially when the singers, when they sing, okay, Ramo, Ramo, I don't know. Please, it's Rama, Rama. Okay, just a correction for ourselves, okay. So, Vritrasura is created because of Indra's problem, because Indra created, because of Indra's uh, punishment, just as a punishment for Indra, Vritrasura was created from this Yajna. When Vritrasura emerged from this Yajna, he was a fierce looking demon. I agree, huh? Have you seen a fierce looking demon? No. Now you can see the picture of Vitrasura, okay? Very fierce looking. And all of them were terrified. The demigods started going in fear. That's a personality, huge personality, Vitrasura. So, last time when Indra did a small offense, what happened to him? Neglect? His opulence was ruined. This time, he is about to die. See, when the offense is serious, the nature of the problem also increases. 
this time how did you know that is you know is 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 going to die how did indra know that really if i don't surrender to the lord now finish i am gone how did he know that how did he know that because of his mistakes because that is mistake he repented but through the action is seen because indra's ultimate weapon is thunderbolt that is the the ultimate okay now he threw what did vitransura do he just caught it he broke it and threw back on indra then he said finish i am finished it's gone the last one he used all his weapons no more and therefore what is what are the demigods doing now they have lost everything there is no other shelter for them except the supreme lord they knew if i go to brahma also is going to suggest the same thing rather we go directly to the supreme lord let us not waste time that's what we should do we should immediately come to krishna and surrender unto him that's the best and the easiest way Hmm? So, going two verses before, what's happening in the verse forty is the demigods are pleading to Krishna, please take some form. You have in the past you have taken so many forms as an animal, as aquatic, half man, half lion. Why can't you take some form and kill this great demon Vitrasura? They're talking in verse number forty. In forty-one, what do they say? We have surrendered unto you, Lord. Please be merciful. It's forty-one, forty-two, and forty-three. They are saying, "You know what is going on. You also know what we need. So please help us." There's no one else. They are pleading to Krishna. Please help us. Okay. So this is the verse. That's why I said today they read verse forty-two and forty-three because they are pleading for help. this should be read in conjunction this should be read in conjunction why is that because in unveiling the unveiling what in unveiling is lotus feet by burujana prabhu in canto 5 and 6 burujana prabhu is combining these two and is giving the purpose giving the explanation and therefore i thought why not we combine these two as well and that makes sense too so for the two he, he said yes they are pleading to the lord and asking the lord for mercy too so therefore i come to this too okay so now we'll start the lecture so we got the context yeah prabhu <laughs> sir without the context we can't start okay now what's happening is In the verse forty-three, Shrina Prabhupada has gives a very beautiful analogy in forty-three. Purport. What is the analogy Shrina Prabhupada is giving? In the purport of verse number forty-three, anyone? <coughs> We heard just now. Chaturbhujan ke maan. That is forty-two. Forty-three. He is saying when someone. is going through a scorching sun okay scorching sun this is with summer in india it's very hot now so in scorching sun when you go you feel so you know devastated you know suffering but when you find a big tree with shade what you do 
you naturally go into the shade of the tree. You don't ask the tree, please give me shade. Naturally. You do not have to ask for it. The tree naturally gives shade. In the same way, oh Lord, if one surrenders to you, naturally, you do not have to ask. Naturally, the Lord gives protection. This is the nature of the Lord. So, Prabhupada is giving a beautiful analogy. Explain how a person gets naturally protection from the Lord if one surrenders unto him. Yeah, that's the one. Then also Udava, the Lord's great devotee, in 11th canto, 19th chapter, 9 verses, what is Udava saying? Similar to this effect. He says, Oh Lord, the living entities, the conditioned living entities, on one hand, they are going through the terrible path of birth and death. On the other side, they are tormented by the threefold miseries of nature. What is that? Adi Bhauti, Adi Atmi, Adi Devi, cold. They suffer. They are going through. But yet, for them, there is no other shelter other than the Lord's lotus feet, which is like an umbrella, which is constantly spraying shower of delicious nectar. So Radha Pallava's lotus feet is constantly spraying. What is it spraying? Delicious nectar gives, if one wants to surrender, one can experience that. Yes, one can experience it. This is what the lotus feet of Krishna is giving shelter from. Constantly giving nectar. And therefore, one will not know the suffering. Either side the living harassed by this material nature. The Lord's own. The Lord's own energy. But it works in a different way. If you don't surrender to Krishna, it works in the opposite way. If you surrender to Krishna, yes, it works in the other way. So, <coughs> often we see when compared to Indra, Indra then the first case, right? He did a small offense. Often that's due to neglect, we discuss. Now, often we see in our lives, sometimes we have heard, we are also seeing that due to neglect, what happens? A person while driving on the car, one minute of neglect, he sleeps on the steering wheel. What happens? The entire person in the car, they're dead. Just one minute. I've seen sometimes in India many accidents. One person has put his hand outside of the traveling bus, and next minute, what happens? Some of the lorry wala, he comes and hits and is lost, immobilized. Hand is gone. One minute of neglect. And I still remember when I was young too. The lorry was carrying a nice plain pin sheets, you know, aluminium sheets, whatever you call it. It was very, you know, soft and very thin layer. Two scooter runners, driving scooters, you know, young guys, they were going very fast. The lorry applied brake, these guys go ramp, both the heads were cut off. Very serious at that time in my place, it might be very. It was, you know, it was two heads cut off like, you know, like Sudarshan Chakra. What do you say for this? The body is lying there. Neglect. 
not taking precautions, not being careful. Time and again we see this happening. And it's also coming as an offense. So therefore, we are creating Vitrasura in our life daily. Yes? Depending upon the intensity, we are also creating. Not only Indra is creating Vitrasura, we are also creating. For which we have to pay the price. And therefore, we have to be very careful in our dealings. Our Vitrasura may be smaller when compared to Indra, but still we have to face Vitrasura later on in our lives. So let us not create our Vitrasura. Because we have to suffer. Okay. Now, there is also a famous idiom I was thinking, or a phrase you can say, dig your own grave, they say. Right? See? That is equivalent to this. We should be very careful, otherwise we are digging our own grave. Now, I got a question for all of you. When we open the newspaper, the age, Herald Sun, we don't read it. But once a while we see what's going on. We see, sometimes I'll go through the age paper just to see what is happening. We should know also what is happening. You do not have to be engrossed in that. Just have a look. And this person died. That person was raped. This person head was cut. That person was put in the prison. All about disaster news. Yeah? We are here. About other persons like suffering. We hear in the paper. Generally, doesn't matter. These days, the headlines are there. Isn't it? Correct? Srimad Bhagavan is also talking about distress of Sindra. So what's the difference there? His paper and Srimad Bhagavan both are the same. That's a question I'm posing to you. Yeah? See, this is we are talking about the distress of demigod. <coughs> Not ordinary conditioned soul, demigod suffering. And then the paper is talking about conditioned soul. So what's the difference? What is the main thing? Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam is with Krishna. It's talking about Krishna. Surrender to Krishna. Krishna is missing to the newspaper. They don't tell us the process. Obviously. So distress is everywhere. Not only in the material world. Not only in the not only in the heavenly planets where Indra lives, everywhere, but there is no distress in the spiritual world. There is only suffering in the material world. There is no suffering in the spiritual energy. In the spiritual world, there is no suffering, correct? No suffering. Only suffering in the material world, material energy. The moment we hold the material energy, suffering. In the verse number 42, purple, Srila Prabhupada talks about the three aspects of the law. Verse 42, purple. What are the three aspects? Brahmati. Three aspects of law. But the ultimate is saying is Bhagavan. Yeah, very interesting. I was just kept on thinking, why, why, why? And finally, I got some sense. Not that I'm saying I'm perfectly correct. Some sense I could try. 
He was talking about the three, okay? So what Srila Prabhupada did in 42 is, he spoken about a word in Srimad Bhagavatam. Then he's talking about a verse in Bhagavad Gita. Then I was thinking, how these two are matching? Why did Srila Prabhupada refer these two? One from Bhagavatam, one from Bhagavad Gita. What is the correlation? Then something makes sense to me. He is talking the Bhagavatam where he says, yes, there are three aspects of the Lord. There are all aspects of the Lord, but Bhagavan is ultimate. And then, in the Bhagavad Gita, he talked about four kinds of people who surrender, who will, who will surrender to Krishna. <coughs> okay, the four categories. After establishing that Bhagavan is the Supreme, he says, there are four categories of people who surrender to the law. He's talking there. What are the four kinds of people who surrender to the law? So in other words, keep it simpler. One who is in poverty, he wants money. And second category is one who wants, one who is in distress. The third category is inquisitive. And the fourth category is seeker of knowledge. It is said that most of the people they want belong to the first and the second category. The inquisitive and the seeker of knowledge, they are very rare. Generally, people in this in the lower category, okay, people normally belong to the first two categories. That is, one who is in poverty, they want riches, they want to enjoy. And other person who is in distress, they come to Krishna. But the other two in that category are very rare. But Srila Prabhupada says, doesn't matter. You one should offer devotion service to Krishna. And in the verse 42, Srila Prabhupada is talking about the surrender aspect. Strongly. One must surrender to Krishna. One must surrender to Krishna. One must surrender to Krishna. So what we do today we will take or we discuss a small story from Chaitanya Bhagavad Antya Veda uh, Antya Kanta from 705 to 756 in category. This shows how a moment of surrender. What is that? A moment. A moment of surrender to Lord Nityananda will give you what? Will eliminate all your distress, including sins. It will establish you in devotional service and on top of that, it's going to give you love of God. That is what we are going to discuss. Now, before that, I just remember one point. <coughs> I, I will talk about the point and then we we'll go back to the story. Yeah? So, again, coming back to Indra's story. First time, neglect. Minor offense. Second time, serious. On his gross body. The action he did. You know, by killing the... Killing the... Please. The first one, again, we discuss as a subtle. The second one is gross. 
And the second one basically did in an angry mood. Angry, he was quite angry. How can you do that? You're meant to do for us, but you did, you did some oblations to the, the, uh, to the demons who are related to you. Therefore, he got angry and he sliced all the prayers. Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita 16, what does it say? Lust and greed. They are the roads to the hellish planet. Very, very important verse. So we thought we should just click on that, link on that and go back here. They are the doors of the hellish planet. And Krishna says, also, not only he says, that it degrade the soul. Degradation of the soul happens, one, when we are in contact with lust, anger and greed. See, Indra's case, he was angry, he did that, and then again he has to suffer. That's the point. Remember, very, very important. Lust, anger, greed. The dose of hell. Hellish plant. You should be away from that. Eh? Okay. Hey, boys, are you ready for a story? Now you can stop. No problem. You can listen to the story, yeah? Because you can't listen and also concentrate, isn't it? If you want story, you can listen. But you want to draw, that's fine up to you. So we'll be discussing a story. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after he took initiation, he was spent, he wants to spend most of the time in Puri Bodhisattva. Bhagavan. Lord wants to spend. So he asked his dear Nityananda Prabhu. I will be here. I will not come. You go and you preach your activity, preaching activity in Bengal. Navadeep, you start preaching. Nityananda, you are good enough. Let me go on to spend most of the time in Jagannath. So, in Navadeep, Lord Nityananda chose to live in the house of a devotee by name Huh? If one person says, you need, do we have to say the same person's name again by anyone? You don't give another name? How do you know this? You can give other options. Hiranya Pandita. Have you heard that? Very advanced devotee. Hiranya Pandita. Now, Nityananda Prabhu chose to live with the devotees out by name Hiranya Pandita. At that time when he was living, there were group of thieves. You know thieves? Robbers. Have you seen them? You go outside to dance street, okay? Lot of thieves were there, okay? In that uh, community. In Navadip also. Imagine Navadip also there were a lot of thieves. It's surprising, isn't it? Because it comes in Chaitanya Bhagavad. It's a surprise. So many things. And not only that, as the story unfolds, you see what are they doing, okay? Now these thieves have got a boss. Leader. Okay? Thieves leader. Now this guy was a Brahmana. 
Okay? Thief Brahmana. But what happened? Over a period of time, he left his religious activities. He became a very wicked person. He started robbing. Hmm? And also started killing people, murdering people. Brahmana. Because of? Because of what? Dollars. The old money. But there he wants rupees in India. <coughs> he wanted money. So what happened? This thief, right? Thief, as you know, when you talk to a thief, they look at all your bodies. <laughs> what we <laughs> can see them. So this thief, when the thief uh, was, the boss of the thief, when he was just going around, he saw Lord Nityananda Prabhu. Oh, so magnificent, so wonderful, glorious form. Lord was wearing bracelets, armlets, necklace, earrings studded with diamond all that, necklace, everything, you know, dead, completely dead. Now this thief, leader, he saw Lord Nityananda Prabhu. I got all the wealth in one place, <laughs> the body of Nityananda. So, I may not have to steal for my life, okay? I got a tax, tax lot. Everything in one place, all fully, you know, very powerful. But little did he knew that Lord Nityananda is the and the Supreme Personality of God. There's no difference, in fact, between Krishna and Nityananda. Because first expansion, and he's a guru, Hadi guru. Yeah, so powerful. Supreme is is it's almost equal to Krishna, Balaram Krishna. So powerful. So, and he was fully having, and nor did he knew that the Lord, what he was wearing, is his spiritual expansion. The Lord is not wearing material things, yeah. The Lord was wearing spiritual objects. So it's very powerful. He did not know, he did not realize that because he's a thief. So what happened? He went to his teammates, they had a team meeting. They had a team meeting on teams. And they discussed. He said, my dear fellows, I've got a wonderful opportunity. We are going to rob a person who's fully, you know, decked up with, uh, you know, all these ornaments. So we'll make a plan. He said, okay. On such and such a day, okay, they sent an invite to all the members. On such and such a day, we are going to rob. So what happened? On that day, they collected lot of people, thieves, 20 thieves. And what they did? They took all the knives, daggers, you know, everything they equipped. Let us see who can kill us. We are going to take the jewelry. Do anyone know this story anyway? You know the story? Anyone? No. That's okay. Only one. So what they did was, they went, okay? Along with them, they also took a spy, a thief spy. The spy also went. So, they, they hit in a place and they told the spy, go and see what he's doing. Okay? Tell us the right time and we'll go and then kill and all, them, all the people and take away the jewelry. So the first time, the thief went, sorry, the spy went, he looked at it. And after he was not coming, after some time he came, he said, they're eating nice prashadam, nice food, 
and they kept on eating. They're not stopping. Because when Nadutyananda was taking, he was taking every morsel, everything as a remnants of the Lord. Tradition, not like us. You know, Mahaprishna has eaten remnants. Mahaprishna. They were relishing and eating. This is my Lord has taken. They were eating. And they kept on eating. Time was going 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And this guy was very restless. He went and said, they are eating, I don't think you know, it's possible. They said, don't worry. After they eat, they become tired. And then it's easier for us. The thief said, the thief boss said. So they waited for some time. Now, Lord Nityananda, does he know all this or no? Does he know what is going on? Yes. Yes? Yes. You're right. He knows everything. Then he said, fine, let us have some fun with them. So he's, he's through his uh, power, mystic power, he made everyone to sleep. So all of them slept the whole night. Morning, the crow was cracking, the crow, you know. And they, they woke up, and then they saw, what is this morning time? What did we do? We did not uh, do any, we did not steal. So they were blaming each other. What has happened? We have missed, so you ruined my life, you ruined my life, they were blaming and finally, the boss said, the thief boss said, I know what has done. We have not pleased Lord, uh, Mother Durga. They did a big offense. So by supplying meat and wine to Goddess Durga, we will be able to conquer in our mission. So let us offer. So they offered meat and wine to Durga Devi. They did not know that Durga Devi is an agent of the Supreme Lord. Again, they did not fail. So second time, what they did? They went. This time with more weapons. They went. And there, they, when they went and saw, they saw huge gods with nice weapons. They were guarding the four sides of the house. And they were chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. They were chanting, gods. These things are wondering, what is going on? Maybe they thought Nityananda Prabhu is a government servant. So he has employed some you know, people from the from staff from the government and they're doing. <clears throat> so they tried for some more time. No, the gods are very strong. They thought if we go, the gods will kill all of us. So maybe it's not a good. We'll go after some time. So they return back second time. After ten days or so, third time, they thought. Now we want that gold. We cannot, we cannot stop. We want it at any cost. So after some 10 days, third time they went. What happened? They took more weapons this time than the second time. And third time when they went, Nityananda Prabhu thought, I have to teach them a really lesson. They kept on coming. They're not learning the mistakes. So what did he do? The moment they approached near the house, all of them became blind. Trying to steal my jewelry, not knowing my worth. So all of them became blind. So what happened? One fellow went into the ditch and the mosquitoes and scorpions are biting. The other fellow got into the pit with full of thorns, just biting. 
and other fellow samurais and broke his leg and all that. They were all crying in pain. Now what did our Indra do? So Indra was come here. Indra wanted to help Lord Nityananda. That is why Indra is a devotee, correct? He does, he cannot, he cannot stand that. What is it? You are, you want to steal Lord Nityananda's jewelry and you want to kill him? What do you think? So Indra sent terrestrial rain, hailstorm, very serious one. They were shivering, crying and all that. At that time, one moment, the thief's head had a change of the heart. One moment. He thought, maybe I'm doing a wrong thing. See, repentance is very good. Maybe I'm doing a wrong thing. Like that Nityananda Prabhu is uh, really the Supreme Lord. And I should not have done it. I've done a big mistake. Now he prayed, whether I'm going to live or not, I am going to surrender to him. That's it. He thought. Next minute, Nityananda Prabhu knew and they were out of the distress and all of them got eyes back. They're able to see. Then this guy, the thief, he ran into the house of House of Hiranya Pandita. Very good. I was Hiranya Pandita. How they go? They fall at the lotus feet of Nityananda Prabhu. Like how we fall to Radha Pandava. Just surrendering. He said, I will want to surrender to you. Please tell me, instruct me. I listen to you. I am surrendered soul from today. I don't want anything. Oh, you have saved me from the greatest disaster. The Nityananda Prabhu said, Okay. From today onwards, you stop all this nonsense. No more stealing. No more killing. You have to chant Hare Krishna and eat only prashadam. This is okay. Not only that, all your companion should also change. They should do the preaching activity. Can you do that? They said, yes. We will do anything because we have given us a rebirth. And then Nityananda Prabhu, what did he do? He took the garland he was wearing and put on the thief's boss. And he took his lotus feet and touched on the thief's head. He turned the Prabhu's lotus. All his sins, then he was, you know, in full ecstasy and he got the love of God. <coughs> so, the, what is the turning point here in this story? What is the turning point? <laughs> Change of the heart, change of the feeling, change of the intention that yes, I am going to surrender to Krishna. That path only Krishna wants. He doesn't care what you were before. Are you a meat eater? I don't care. Are you a etc. etc. I don't care. But are you going to surrender from today onwards and stop all the nonsense you have been doing so far? Can you do that? Yes, I will do. Then, yes, you have got Krishna's mercy and He will protect you for life. So, this is what we learn. And this is what Srila Prabhupada is talking in verse number 42. Surrender at the lotus feet of Krishna. Doesn't matter. Just do and surrender. That's what Srila Prabhupada is saying. And how do we, as conditioned soul, how do we start this process? How do we start this process? By surrender, by hearing and chanting, this is our preliminary, fundamental aspect of devotional service to Krishna. Hearing and chanting. 
we start chanting Krishna's name, we start hearing about Krishna's glories, and slowly our surrender process begins. And we get the mercy of the Guru and Krishna. Yes? So are we going to surrender to Krishna? Yes. For a person who has already surrendered, no. But we are talking about people who are going to surrender. See, such a mercy, right? From India and the so, mind you guys, there were also thieves and robbers during Nityananda, during Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's time. So, therefore, I am not surprised now. Because it is basically metal world and Kali Yuga. Yeah? So, anything can happen. So, the only <laughs> solution for us is the lotus feet of Krishna, which is constantly showering. The Shower of delicious nectar. This is what is happening in Radha Pallava's lotus feet. Constantly it is showering the nectar. So we must go and take it. Lotus feet of Krishna. The question which Mahatma Prabhu always asks. What is the speciality of the lotus feet? This is what it is. It is constantly showering the nectar. Of immortality. Anything. Yeah? Okay. So we will stop here. And we ask any questions or comments. Yes, Prabhu. I may not I don't know if I'm able to answer your question, Prabhu, but I'll still try. Prabhu, mind. Tell us something about Hiranya Pandit. Prabhu, you have to refer to Chaitanya I know he is advanced devotee. That is why Nityananda Prabhu chose to live in his house.
Christmas or anything, they still do. Right? So, first question is, uh, what kind of devotees are they? Obviously. And, uh, Sorry. and uh, uh, <coughs> if they know that Krishna is the Supreme, yet they're still petitioning him for material things, um, this is a problem. No? So, <coughs> um, and, and we can understand the demigods are very elevated and exalted personalities. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the positions that they, they are. But then, but there seems to be a problem here because if they're very elevated at the same time, why are they still behaving like neophytes? Assuming that that's what they are. So then, and, and, and we notice, or at least in my, I notice that, uh, depending on Krishna for, you know, just for, and not asking for anything is, um, it's okay in theory, but in practice it's not so easy to do. We can see that here with the demigods. So, uh, I guess the question is, how do we get to that point of, uh, surrender, you know, being surrendered to Krishna and free, you know, genuinely free, not intellectually or just theoretically free from that tendency to, to you know, seek benefit for ourselves. saying is the demi we have, we have been talking about Indra and his team okay Indra and various demigods yeah they are on an elevated stage because they're demigods they're more than human beings yet sometimes you know they do serious mistakes yeah so in one sense they're devotees of Krishna but still they're doing serious mistakes why is it how is it possible am I right Prabhu the question that's, that's a statement, not a question. So that, that's what you know. Yes. Uh, you know, they're elevated, but they're still not very advanced devotees in Because they're petitioning people. Yeah, condition. Yeah. They're looking for things for themselves, whereas uh, we aspire to be pure devotees. <coughs> or at least we should understand that approaching Krishna for material benefit is not really what we're supposed to be doing with devotees. A devotee doesn't aspire to mm -hmm. the benefit. Yet that's what we tend to do. We see that with the demigods. We see it in our own behavior. So how do we, how do we learn from the demigods' mistakes and become a pure devotee as opposed to a sakana? So actually there are two types of devotees. Yeah? Bhagavad Gita talks about chapter 2, 
Bhagavad Gita chapter 2 talks about two kinds of devotees, which is Sakama and Akama devotees. Sakama devotees have got, they are devotees actually, they are also like us, practicing, uh, not, sorry, not practicing devotees, they are devotees, but they have got material attachments. But Akama devotees are pure devotees, they don't want anything to do with the material world. They want only Krishna's service. Day after day, life after life, that's what they want. But Sakama are not like that. Yeah? Given a chance, what is in it for me? But the difference between, as Prabhu pointed out, the difference between demigods and us is all the time we are suffering and we want help. You know? But the demigods, momentarily, only very few times, how many times? You know, few times here and there, once he got into the trouble, another trouble, and they learn also. But we constantly put into this. And the demigods are the one which is giving miseries to us also, because one of the three miseries, Adi Bhautik, Adi Atmik, Adi Daily, Adi Daily, that is demigods who are giving miseries to us. Yeah? So therefore, Prabhu is asking, how do we understand? Because they are also, you know, uh, mixed devotees, and they are also conditioned, and they are doing mistakes. So how do we, what do we learn from that is, we should start moving slowly from Sakama. See, all of us to start, we are neophyte, and then we gradually move to Sakama, and then to Akama. We must endeavor to become pure devotee. This is what Srila Prabhupada wants for this ISKCON institution. He wants everyone to be a pure devotee. Gradually, eventually. But right now, we may not be. And the famous example which Srila Prabhupada says, we are all mangoes, but some may be ripe mangoes, some may be raw, but we are mangoes, we have come to Krishna. And therefore, we should try to move from, from, from where to where? Sakama to Akama. That should be our goal. Yes, so if you just continue this discussion, like, first of all, it's not a... Give the... A demigod. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so, 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 How do so, 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 By constantly, you know, we have to gradually move up the ladder through Krishna consciousness. That's the only way. There's no other way other than Krishna consciousness. Yeah? Consciously. Because basically Krishna consciousness goes on a ladder, right? Basically, you can say renunciation and austerity. Yeah? So slowly increase our austerity and renunciation. Sorry, knowledge and austerity. So gradually as the knowledge increases, we get more and more attraction to the law. And as our renunciation increases, we have got less and less attachment for the body. Isn't it? See, what is basically the Vedic foundation 
is moving from body to soul. Isn't it? What are, why are we practicing Krishna consciousness? Because we are moving from body to soul. Once we realize, you know, we are a completely, you know, soul, then our attachment will be only for Krishna. But at this stage, we are not. And therefore, we should increase our knowledge and renunciation. The more and more knowledge about Krishna will help us to come closer to Krishna, the more and more renunciation helps us to go away from the bodily Yes. Prabhu, you want to add anything, Prabhu? And following, you know. Uh, I know sometimes if I become more renounced, you'll be the runner. My material desires I'm not sure whether austerity or even learning, because here we know the demigods know that they don't need the petition, but still they do. So they know. That's the nature of the material. So it's not theoretical. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's not a. It's, it has to be. And even, you know, you can try and become more renounced, more renounced, more renounced. But that doesn't get rid of material desires. Anybody understand? Maybe the nature of the material world. The nature of the material world. You have to commit, right. you have to commit four things, you know. Commit mistake. That's right. You so have to cheat others. Yeah. And um, it's very interesting because in our pro we, we're the nine items of devotional service. Right? That's our that's our devotional practice. And I think you hit the note. You hit earlier on. You made the point that more hearing and chanting. You know, that's that, and, and that hearing and chanting is not necessarily to accumulate knowledge, just learning. Because, you know, in, at school, we go, well, one times two is two, two times two is four. You know, we, we do that. And so we know, right, our tables, right? But more important than that is, you know, you learn this as soon as you go to school. Your parents give you, well, my parents used to give me uh, two shillings on a Monday morning to buy my lunch. And I knew with 20 shillings I could get a pie and a cream bun. But I had then four pence left over. And so with four pence, what was I going to do? <laughs> Man, I could buy, I used to buy these little sweets. So you start applying, you know, math very quickly and learn how to do it. So, you know, we need to learn how to apply the hearing and chanting, and also, especially the chanting, to that purification, to, to, to becoming pure hearted and, and I guess really connected with Krishna. Because when we have that connection, and, and really that, that's bhakti. Bhakti is more important than jnana and uh, tapasya. And somehow connecting with that bhakti, and especially through Chaitanya Hare Krishna, I think, or, well, that's Shravanam Kirtana, they're, basic, they're the basic processes. Then 
when we get that connection with Krishna, we feel, um, we automatically feel protected. We don't have to ask Krishna, please look after me. Right, which is what's the problem here with the demigods. You know, they're in trouble. They know they shouldn't be approaching Krishna for things, but they still do. You know, out of habit, out of, and, you know, out of material consideration. So, um, I th- uh, you, you mentioned it earlier on, that it's, it's, it's the practice of bhakti that connects us with Krishna. Now, automatically jnana comes, automatically renunciation comes, but the most important is getting that connection. And then when we have that connection, then we don't worry about the other things, we don't have to, we don't. And so it's very interesting because the demigods, even though they have that connection with Krishna, still they forget. Quite a lesson to be learned. <coughs> In the secular world, they, time to time they commit mistakes. Yeah, and even as devotees, we sometimes can fall into that, that but, trap. But the beauty is, immediately he realizes, he repents for it, Indra. He understands. he understands his mistake and he repents for it. So Indra seems to be quite, uh, um, seems to be struggling a little bit because he keeps on, <laughs> you know, he realised, oops, I chopped off his heads. Ooh, ooh, it was a bit of a mistake. Uh, time I talk to somebody who's um, listening to the classes, they say, can you please make sure yes. that the Correct. questions are heard? Well, when we listen also, we have to hear the questions. We can yes. only answer. That's so right. it's, it's Indra's, Indra and the demigods are <coughs> kind of like prototype devotees, but also um, at the um, well, as Krishna mentions in Bhagavad Gita and Prabhupada quotes, that's why Prabhupada quotes that verse, what is it? Atova tati jikyasu jnani cha signashi. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the most advanced is the devotee who is a pure devotee, actually. And so um, the demigods kind of said, the example sometimes of what not to do. Which is <laughs> curious. Anyway. Thank you, Prabhu. I think uh, Martha, you have some comments or questions? Yeah. I'm not sure if this is the way to look at it, but then it's not easy to get the position of a gentleman. So those souls who have got that position they, and they're serving the Lord in their respective positions, is they're of course very elevated in consciousness and they have been given such high level responsibilities in the material universe. But would it be that they now have this service towards the Lord and that's why they want to keep that service and that's why they're upset that they don't have it anymore? Because you know, in general we see devotees, there is a 
that there's, there's, there's a conflict because of sharing of resources. And then every devotee has this argument that we want to serve the Lord, this is, and we need these resources, and the other others also say the same. So there is, so this could be, I'm just trying to think how does this apply to devotees, because if they had a position and Indra had, he's the, he's given the, he's the king of the heavenly planets and he has a position, and when he doesn't have it, he can't serve the Lord from any other position. So he wants it back. So similarly, devotees, when they uh, there is a scarcity of resources, and they buy from the resources, and then they want, so they can serve the Lord. So where do we draw the line as to, okay, no, you, you, you serve the Lord, at the same time you um, make sure you do it in a reasonable manner, you don't, you don't offend others or commit offenses like Indra's, but, I mean, what Indra is doing at this large scale, the devotees in general is doing it at a smaller scale, but we don't do it. What's the question? So the question is, where do you draw the line that you want to serve the Lord and in trying to do that, how selfish do you come about holding the resources or say, claiming the resources then uh, for yourself? Service of pure devotion service, material opulence is not required. We see in the case of Shaitan's head, his house was, you know, his roof was basically, you know, uh, there were holes in his roof and it was, water was coming through during rainy season, but he did not mind. So, pure devotional service, as the definition goes by, even the Rupa Goswami is, beyond jnana and karma. That is true. But what we are doing is mixed devotion service. And therefore, we accept something for its truth. But that is why we said slowly we have to move on to the pure devotion, Sakama devotees. So everyone who is the material world, they want something for me, and then I can <coughs> give something back, like that. This is mixed devotion service. This is, I mean, in reality, this is, Srila Prabhupada did not want this. But we have to come somewhere, you know, to this point, and then. Start. So therefore, we come and gradually, you know, we get purified. That is why, as Prabhu said, bhakti, bhakti is a goal. I will do devotion service only if Krishna gives me a BMW. <laughs> is that correct? But pure devotee says, no, I don't want. I will walk for Krishna. See? It's easy to say. I'm saying doesn't mean that you know I am on a uttama. No, it's easier to talk. I'm just saying. But gradually, this is what Srila Prabhupada wants. International Society for Krishna Conscious is for pure devotion service. Only to please Krishna. We keep our personal that side. But it's not easy either for us. Because we are brought up in that culture. So gradually only we can move. We cannot imitate. I cannot say, Rupa Goswami, every day, you know, he was in different tree. And from tomorrow onwards, I'm going to go to St. Kilda. And, you know, every in Katani Gardens, I'm going to leave. It's not possible. Gradually, it's out of love. Bhakti is love. And gradually, renunciation, as Prabhu said, it's a byproduct of bhakti. Whatever knowledge and renunciation, it comes gradually, naturally, due to bhakti. We need not, it's not an extra endeavor. It's natural to us. So it's a gradual process. Okay.
So that is simple marketing. That is a question. Tell Professor he will raise the he will allocate more funds for the I was alarmed with the question. Another comment. Indra was fighting with the demi uh, with the demons, right? That's pretty straightforward. Huh? We we see the material facility as belonging to Krishna and it should be reclaimed for Krishna's service. And so when there's competition, or when there's uh, yeah, competition for facility or uh, uh, paraphernalia, let's put it that way, the devotees see that and they'll take it for Krishna, they'll use it for Krishna. But what Priti's talking about is what happens when the devotees have got the facility and then somebody says, my service is better than your service and so therefore I should have the best facility. Is that right, Priti? Yeah, this is flowers. Flower, conflicts of flowers. You're <coughs> serving the Shamagram Sheilas and so therefore they should have the best flowers. Or well, I'm serving Radha so therefore they should have the best flowers. <coughs> huh? Is that right? Anybody familiar with this problem? <laughs> you know what I say to the women? I say, has anybody stolen your flowers? And how do you know? How do you know that you didn't get the best flowers this morning? Somebody else went through all of the flowers and did all the best. Huh? So better start your work so early. What's the solution? Morning. What's the solution to this? Start problem? work early in the morning. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Go buy your own flowers. <laughs> yeah. You know, when um, Bhakti used to be the manager of the candle factory. Funny story. This is a funny story. Um, well, at least I think it's funny. Um, we used to have a big competition over getting particular coloured candles. And there would be fights sometimes over who would have what candles. So, there'd be a scramble after breakfast to get to the candle factory and then the first people there would take all of the so-called good candles and off they'd go and then everybody else would say, oh, they took all the good candles. So, um, I remember asking Bhavananda, um, uh, you know, we're supposed to be living in a society of devotees and everybody's supposed to cooperate and work together but sometimes you know in the material world it's a dog eat dog world right but in the in the temple it seems like it's a swan eat swan world <laughs> so anyway um you know competition is natural right? competition is natural but we have to curb our you know uh, natural competitive spirit with the desire, you know, we have to work together also. So that com 
competition shouldn't become, you know, materialistic. It needs to be cooperative. Competition is okay, but it also we also need to cooperate. So anyway, um, um, Gopeshwara, Gopeshwara was a devotee uh, who joined about the same time uh, we did. And anyway, Gopeshwara and I were sent to Tasmania to sell candles, right? Uh, and uh, it was in the middle, it was in the, at this time of the year, it was June, early, late May, early June, right? And we spent four weeks in, in Tassie. And um, we used to get our candles shipped by boat down to Hobart on Hobart, so then we'd go to the, because we'd sell it out and then we need more candles. And so what was the way we was, what we did to us was, we got sent all of the Christmas candle leftovers, right? And they were not good candles, they were terrible, they were a green and red with a white and they just weren't very, and that's why we had lots left over because we couldn't even sell them at Christmas time. And that was the best time to sell them. So anyway, we, you know, we were in Hobart and we were stuck with a pallet full of these stupid candles. Right. But have a guess what we discovered? What we discovered was that actually, we, if that's all you had and you were enthusiastic about selling something, then that's what you sold. And we sold just as well what we could do the, the leftovers. And, you know, we couldn't do anything about it because the, the factory was in Melbourne and we were in Hobart. Reduced price, Prabhu. You can put it for reduced price. What's that? You can put it for a reduced price. No, we sold them at the same thing. We might have, I don't know, but we certainly sold them all. And so, yeah, I guess, you know, you learn to work with what you've got. And sometimes, you know, the flowers that we get, or the, you know, the, the paraphernalia you get, the veggies you get, or whatever, not always the best. So we have to work with what we've, what we've been given. We can't be too precious about, you know, our service because everybody's service ultimately is for the benefit of the deities, benefit of Krishna, the benefit of preaching. And so, you know, um, we need to appreciate them and value the services of others, especially in, in, in ISKCON, because there's always going to be a difference of opinion. And, and very often my experience is, is in order to keep people working together, you actually have to shelve your own personal ambitions. You'd like to do something in a particular way, but you've got 10 other people who want to do it in a, in a different way. A majority of them want to do it differently than the way you want to do it, so you have to say, okay, well, that's what we'll do. And that's more pleasing to Krishna than fighting over, hey, well, I'm the I'm a better devotee and my service is better than yours and I should have all the best facility. What do you think? Yeah, work together cooperation. How's that sound? Yeah. So, these are the flowers that you've got. Like it or lump it? Right. And of course, you know, in, in those, Days, well, certainly when I joined, we didn't get the quantity of flowers that we get now. 
you know, you'd have to go out and pick your own flowers, and, and that often meant, you know, driving out to queue and checking out the gardens out there and seeing what was, <laughs> what you could pinch. Uh, we don't have to do that anymore, thank goodness. Yes, but we're getting different colours to people. Yeah. yeah, we can before we used to have two or three colors, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the purple and all that. Yeah. But you know what? We're in an interesting situation now because have a guess what's happening to flowers and vegetables <coughs> and petrol and electricity. I don't anybody know what's happening? Yeah. Price of vegetables has gone up by 12.7%. Uh, flowers, the cost of flowers has gone up. So we, you know, we may be heading into a year or two of austerity that we have not experienced, most of us, in the last 20 or 30 or 40 or even 50 years. We're, we're going to be... So don't be surprised if the flowers uh, less. But the, the requirement to cooperate will be more. Jagat Guru Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Nithai Gaurav Premanandir